Welcome, everybody, to Leadership Daily. Uh, this is focused on the future of leadership, a place for educators, consultants, coaches, uh, students, practitioners, people who are passionate about leadership to share their craft, their stories, their experience. And today we have a special session unboxing Santa's new team with author Trevor M.K. Airy and illustrator Natalia Starakova. Um, so I'm super excited for this. Trevor, in fact, is a close friend. He's a mountaineer. He's climbed one of the tallest peaks in the 48 states. He's a expert in supply chain and sales and marketing for international companies of the likes of Philips and Amazon. He's a UW grad and also a grad of Gonzaga University's organizational leadership program. So super excited to have him today as we talk about Santa's new team. And this is I'm really excited for this book because it starts teaching <laughs> leadership principles um, at a level that's accessible to everyone. Even I, I mean, I have a four and seven year old, so I'm really excited for this. Um, so without further ado, uh, we're going to go into a little bit of a guided interview and then we have a live audience who they have exclusive access to be able to ask questions and interact with a leadership expert, Mr. Trevor Airy. Uh, so I'm really excited and we're going to actually bring up the live video feed now with, uh, our colleagues and friends, Dr. Adrian Popa, Mr. Bruce Huff, and we have uh, doctoral uh, student candidate, I believe, uh, Katie Reginato-Cascamo. Uh, so if I didn't butcher anything there. Welcome, everybody. Excited to have you. Thanks for having me. All right. So this is going to be just a natural conversation. Uh, we've all spent time together, so this makes it really fun. Um, mm -hmm. Trevor, I remember we were on Mount Whitney hiking on the trail and you started talking about this idea. Yeah. And yeah. so tell us, tell us about the origin story of Santa's new team. So the origin actually starts about six years ago. Um, I had just finished my capstone for uh, my master's degree, and at that time, the first of my now three children, uh, Deacon, he was three months old, um, and it was it was literally Christmas Eve, and uh, it was just one of those. It was so weird. Uh, I woke up like in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve, wide awake. I have no idea why, and. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I have to write this idea down. This is amazing. Um, and uh, so I got up at like 1130 Christmas Eve 2015 and crept into my office and just started typing away. And uh, my wife at one point woke up and came in and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I have this idea. I need to write this down. It's amazing. It's, it's going to be the future of Christmas. And she's like, you're crazy. And then went back to bed. Um, and so uh, I basically wrote the the story um, from like 1130 at night to about 330 in the morning. 
um, until I was just fully exhausted myself of ideas, went to sleep, woke up around seven, um, got the, got the baby in the car, packed up my laptop, went to my wife's parents' house and said, um, I'm just going to work on this thing in the living room. And basically just went into the, the living room by myself with my laptop and worked all of Christmas Day. And then uh, after dinner, I read the very first draft to the family. And they're like, whoa, that's actually that's actually a really cool story. You should publish it. Um, and at that time, I was like, well, you're my family. You have to say that. <laughs> um, but, uh, over the years I have actually, I've read it to, uh, a many, many people, friends, coworkers, um, and, and the vibe that I got from a lot of them and a lot of them even had kids. They're like, this is actually a really cool story. Like you should, you should look into getting this published. Um, and it wasn't until I actually joined Phillips and, uh, read it to them and it was a group of people that they didn't know me. They didn't have to be nice to me. Um, it, it was the most, probably the most unbiased group of people I read it in front of. And the, all of them, like they kind of sat back in their chairs and like, Oh my gosh, like this is, I think you're, you're actually sitting on something that's pretty cool. So that's when I, that's when I kind of had the confidence to actually pull the trigger and, and look into it. Um, I submitted it for copywriting in 2020, the beginning of 2020. Um, and I actually didn't even tell my wife that I did it. I just, I just <laughs> did it, um, quietly. And within 24 hours of it getting, uh, the copyright with the Library of Congress, a publisher reached out and said, Hey, we want to help you make this, this a real book, oh. um, and bring it to market. And that publisher will remain nameless because I ultimately didn't go with them. I went with a different publisher. Um, but it's it's definitely been a journey along the way and uh, moments of a lot of self-doubt um, kind of leading up to that point. And, and even even after I even after I got a copy written, there were still those moments of, of doubt um, until I decided to really kind of pursue this whole publishing thing and. Um, you know, most people know there, there's kind of the, the world famous authors that are, that have the big, uh, deals, but then there's also a lot of aspiring authors and the resources that are out there now have a lot of, there's a lot of self publishing, um, authors. And we actually were with a, a couple down in Bend, um, and one of, uh, the good friends, uh, met with a, a, a self-published author in Ben and she's actually has a pretty legit career that she's created for herself. So, um, it's, uh, at this point in time, it's kind of a little side hustle. Um, but, uh, I have a lot of ideas. So this, this book, although it's kind of a debut book, um, the question that that's been asked is, well, what's the next one? And, <laughs> So, and I already have the next one kind of, uh, the, the plot is built. So I need to prove this one out. Um, but, uh, once, once it gets proven out, then, then the next ones are coming. Wow. So, wow. So, Tre so Trevor, if I can just interject, first yeah. of all, congratulations. But also number, number one out of this whole thing is it's a good thing you just had you know, a baby at the time that you conceived of this, because 
Otherwise, you'd have been up assembling toys and not <laughs> writing this story. And so, exactly. you know, the fact that your child, your child was so young at the time uh, was a godsend. You'd have never been in the publishing business because it would never have been written. <laughs> you'd, have been, you'd have been assembling toys. Uh, num- number two, yeah. you have the greatest in-laws in the world to allow you <laughs> to spend that Christmas day sitting in their living room, working on something and not paying attention to them. So exactly. you yeah. married yeah. great. I know you did that anyway. Uh, I married, that, I married up for sure. You, well, and I think we can all say that, uh, at least those are the, the, the men in the room here, but oh, <laughs> congratulations. And, uh, that is, uh, that is a great story. And, um, uh, yeah, kind of jealous because that is, that's like everyone's aspiration, right? To kind of be published and to do it and to kind of have a story. So you are living the dream. And what I love about your story is you, took action. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people have these great ideas, but the, the difference is you took action and congratulations on that. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, uh, the, the conversations that, that we had, you know, down in, in Whitney, the first time we went and the second time we went, um, you know, those, a, a lot of those, dis, those conversations that we have on the trail and at, back at the hotel and, uh, at the campground, I mean, those are those are like mentoring moments, right? Where I can bounce ideas off of you guys, um, and, and you know, we're many times we're like in our most vulnerable state because we're tired, we're you know fatigued. Um, but it's it's been nice to have like this uh, this safety net, if you will, of individuals that I can call upon and bounce ideas off of and. Um, I, I just think, you know, there's a lot to be said of, of having that support network for sure. Wow. You, I, man, uh, Bruce, your comments, beautiful. Those are spot on. And I, I think it really goes together with, you, you said something that I think while we're unboxing a little bit about the story, we could unpack those as well is, uh, the journey you talked about having doubts and challenges even you know you had uh one publisher and you ended up going mm-hmm. another and i'm sure there's some background stories but i think the yeah. the thing i'm i'm really curious to talk about more um is what was that journey of doubt and what i i'm perceiving as growth and um, how has have the mentors and your opportunities with Gonzaga helped influence that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the the last the last mountaineering trip that that uh, our team did was this this theme of like doing hard things. And when uh, when I was talking to my wife about whether or not we wanted to to pursue this, um, this, what I would consider an opportunity, she would consider it a risk. Um, when we were looking at pursuing it, she really grilled me like pretty aggressively in terms of why do you want to do this? Um, and it, for me personally, it, it had, it didn't really have anything to do with like, Oh, you know, I could sell millions of this thing and not have to work a day in my life. 
realistically that like that's that's a that's a pipe dream right what i what i really wanted to do when i originally po- uh, wrote this book was i wanted to uh create my own version of a legacy for myself um when you look at like Clement Seymour, who originally wrote the the very first story of, you know, A Visit from St. Nick, which is now called Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, when he originally wrote that, it was just kind of like this really cool idea that he wrote and decided to put it in a, in a newspaper, I believe. Um, and that story over the last uh, soon to be 200 years has really shaped the way Christmas is today. Right. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, like all of those reindeer and a lot of the the underlying themes with a lot of the Christmas stories that you see in, in the world today are anchored in that story. And as I was reading the story to to my son, um, there were moments of the story. Where I'm like, this just doesn't like what's when someone tear, tear, tears open the shutters and throws up the sash. Like, what does that even mean? Right. So it's. So I was reading it going, man, like this story could really get an update. Um, and that's where that's where where I really kind of landed on, like the original plan was to just to write uh, an updated version of Twas a Night that's a little bit more topical and a little bit more modern. Um, and that's so so that was the original idea. And then as I started writing it because I had finished that capstone and and my project actually on my capstone was um, youth leadership development, specifically at the high school age. That was the focus of, of my capstone. Um, and, and the whole idea there was, you know, how do we, how do we present these leadership principles and how do we give them to students, specifically seniors in high school that are, that are getting ready to like go off and, and do their own thing um so my mind was already there in terms of like what are these core basic leadership concepts and how do we get this in front of a younger audience um so it it was just kind of the perfect combination of like my critical thinking brain was already in like youth leadership development but i also had a brand new baby and uh (laughs) so you know i'm putting him to bed listening to the uh the the twinkle twinkle little star lullaby version of Wu Tang Clan, um, <laughs> you know. So I was just in a very unique, creative spot at the time when I wrote it. Um, so anyway, yeah. Hope hopefully that answers it. But uh, it it was just kind of a, I think like the perfect storm in many ways. Wow, wow. Uh, you you mentioned the the capstone, which for folks who aren't familiar with. Could you tell us a little bit about the the capstone in the Gonzaga yeah. program? Yeah. So the the capstone is essentially um, it, it draws upon all of the the various things that you've learned throughout the program. So when you think about you know all those different classes that you took, the capstone really kind of like pulls everything together, um, and it's it, it it's pretty much kind of a free form. You know, you have to submit, hey, this is my idea. And then once once that's approved, then you have to back it up and defend it. Um, and so the 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 concept that I that I went with is I I thought of leadership as a language. Um, 
where you know you need to be able to flex your communication upstream and downstream and and that's really effective leaders can do that with relative ease um so that was the idea of the the, the capstone for the youth the the youth program as i said if, if we think of leadership as a language right foreign languages that that's one of the core requirements of college why not include leadership as an option leadership as a language as an option right because in my high school uh the the leadership class was poster making for the football game like that that's not leadership <laughs> that's arts and crafts that's cheerleading that's um, cheerleading exactly <laughs> hey trevor that's really interesting that you yeah. brought that up because i I think, you know, one of the reasons that I even went back to school uh, at a, an advanced age was to put language to concepts that I had lived as a professional. It's sort of like, OK, I, I've had all these experiences and started businesses and done these things and had this sort of intuitive sense of what leadership is and was and had read and had studied and done it. But one of the things I was really interested in was putting language to it, because once you put words and language to something, then you can describe it and then you can teach it and then you can inspire others with it. Right. And I think that's kind of what I heard you saying. And yep. the other thing that I think is really critical here is that we live in a in a in a world today um, where words are being redefined. And this is an opportunity at a young age to define words in the context of leadership and the relationships of leadership that will help young people grow into that language because you're defining it early and that mm -hmm. maybe those definitions will endure and be legacy and not get changed on a whim or a societal, um, um, you know, you know, idea. It's something that actually yeah. has meaning that is enduring and has legacy. So again, yeah. congratulations. I think that's, that's a great part, I think, of what you're, you're doing here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. That's, uh, I think there's a, a nugget in there that you both, I heard come out there and it, the redefinition or the, the transformation power of leadership. Mm -hmm. And leadership as a language. And I'm curious to, to talk about that a little more. Um, you yeah. know, going through the, the capstone program, uh, organizational leadership program with Gonzaga, like I felt like that was a transformation for me. Like it made such a huge impact on my life. You know, I'm a, a former high school dropout and the journey meeting amazing people like you all, of course, too, and the, the mentorship and the having to put ideas into actions mm -hmm. and learning to speak, um, learning to put words to the yearnings and feelings I think a lot of people have. Mm. A lot of people want to make the world a better place, right? But it's yeah. like, how? And so I, I'm yeah. curious, what are your thoughts on you know, the, the concept of youth teaching and leadership and what can we learn as adults with this opportunity to transform education of leadership? Absolutely. 
Um, I'm gonna jot. I'm gonna jot down two things so I made. I made sure I remember to cover these. Yeah. Um. So, I think when we talk about youth leadership, um, I really kind of think of it as is almost like stages in life. So, you know. As a as a, a youth entering the the world of adulthood, you're you're entering at the bottom rung of the ladder, right? So you have to more often than not, when you're entering one of these organizations, you're entering as from the bottom. So you have to lead from the bottom up, right? Like you're not going to be coming in telling people what to do, but you're going to be coming in observing certain things that you do at work, whether it be at a grocery store and a restaurant or um, what have you, where you're like, man, I, I think this can be better, right? Everyone has those moments in their career where they're like, man, I think this could be better. And that's where I think like servant leadership specifically, you know, if, if you're 18 or 19 years old can, and can learn some core uh, principles in terms of like, what is servant leadership and how do you, how do you execute it? You know, a lot of that comes down to leading by example, asking questions, right? Not coming in saying, well, I think we need to change this, this and this. And they're going to be like, well, you're 18 years old. You don't even know. Go away. Right. But it's it's learning how to ask those questions to get those that are higher up in your organization to actually start thinking about, you know, what, maybe this is maybe there is a better way to do this um, or even how to have tough conversations with your peers. Right. When you go off to college or. um a fellow coworker who's on the bottom rung. Um, so I think servant leadership is a big one um, within the within the youth space. I think the other one, and you're starting to see a lot more of, of it now, is awareness and empathy. Um, you know, just yesterday, my kindergarten son, now Deacon, came home and said, "Oh, today we learned about bullying." I'm like, "Really?" Like that, that was a concept that like we, we didn't learn about in kindergarten. We just didn't. Um, and so there, so, you know, you're starting to see it at a younger age, this, this awareness that, you know, bullying is, is, is not okay. And, and this is how to identify it. And this is how to talk about it. Um, so I think those are, those are the two kind of most prominent ones that I'm seeing right now in terms of like youth leadership development. Um, some, a lot, you know, a lot of it's societal, um, uh, but just that overall awareness and empathy is, um, is really exciting to see. Awesome. Uh, you're muted. <laughs> Trevor, I, I only have seen a blurb on your, your book and I'm really anxious to, by the way, have you show us some of the artwork as well? But, you know, the the um, the Christmas story from the I mean, we certainly have the the Christian basis of what the the story of Christmas is about. My sense is this one is more of the mythology of Santa Claus and and working together to to make Christmas successful for uh, boys and girls around the world. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think that's sort of mm -hmm. the context that you're working on. And you talked about uh, trying to get young people 
to think about leadership going in and they say, gee, this could be done better or this could be better. I, I think the one thing that that um, people struggle with, especially at that age, is they're thinking about finance and accounting and operations and production and some of the technical skills, programming and, and coding and these things, which are all important skills for business. They are they're part of the production of what gets done in a business or in, in any kind of leadership and or any kind of business environment. Uh, but the leadership side of it really comes down to relationships. Absolutely. And, and so w when you think about relationships and, and people think of that as the soft part of business. And I, and I always sort of cringe at that because uh, they talk about the hard science and the soft science of business. The reality is, is that without the relationships, none of the other skills will help achieve greatness in an organization. You mm -hmm. must create the kind of relationships and culture in that organization. And you know, the culture in Santa's kingdom is pretty critical to, to this kind of to having a successful uh, a Christmas event. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I just, I'm, I'm really excited to read it because I, I just sense how, uh, you, you, the direction that you could go with this. I'm sure you have, but the relationships are so key, uh, so key. And I'm guessing that that's a, a part of what you're, you're talking about in, in your book. Maybe you could talk about that for a second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, uh, so in the story, we'll, we'll kind of, that's a great segue and we kind of dive into pieces of the story. So the, the premise of the, the story is that Santa's team of reindeer are getting old and he needs to retire them and recruit a whole new team. Um, the original story was written in 1823. So come 2023, they'll be 200 years old. That's, that's a long time to be pulling a slate. Um, so, he uh, he essentially goes around the North Pole Village and recruits various reindeer. Um, one of the things that I I wanted to uh, to make sure of is that the team is balanced with boys and girls. So you have four male care, four male reindeer, four female reindeer, um, and each one of the reindeer is recruited for a very specific reason, right? Like there's a there's a skill. Or, or a talent that they bring to the team that's unique. And uh, collectively, they create this well-balanced team. Um, there's another famous Bruce, uh, Bruce Tuckman, who created this model of team development. And uh, the, the, the typical kind of process of team development is you, it's forming and then storming, then norming and performing, right? So forming everyone's coming together that's the recruiting phase of the story and then there's the storming which is where the reindeer start jockeying for position right to figure out like who's going to take the lead role um and then there's the the norming where everyone kind of comes together and starts figuring things out before performing which is obviously delivering presents uh, uh on christmas so that's that's kind of the general idea of it um from a, from an academic standpoint. Um, but yeah, some of the, the main, those were some of the main things I really wanted to kind of sprinkle throughout is we have this academic piece, which we can definitely call upon. Um, but there's also 
you know, pieces of, of diversity and inclusion. Um, you know, one of the things that I, when I was building out the characters for the, for the team, um, uh, there were, there are a number of times where I made like conscious, purposeful decisions. And, and one of my favorite characters is Pirin. Um, and Pirin is actually named after a Bulgarian mountain range. Um, and she is, she's a power lifter. She, and, and, uh, she is the physically strongest reindeer of all of them. And actually one of my neighbors who just bought the book, he's reading it last night, kid you not. And he texts me and he goes, Pirin is the strongest and she's a girl. What? <laughs> and, and I was just like, girls give birth, bro. Like <laughs> they are the, they were the, the pinnacle of strength in our society. Like, so, uh, you know, I, I purposely wanted to kind of have that nod to like female empowerment, girl power, you know, having Piran be the strongest. Um, so she's, she's actually one of my favorite characters. Um, but yeah, the, the, the characters themselves, I mean, what, what I, what I really would love to see is, Kids that are reading this, um, you know, the story is written for parents who are reading to their kids, right? So there's going to be words in the book um, that, you know, a little kid might not know, but an adult's going to be like, ah, that's pretty clever. Um, and what I would love nothing more is to see little kids say, well, my favorite character is Golden. Or my favorite character is Titan or Pirin. Um my my kids, their personal favorite is Didgeridoo, um, who's the youngest. But, uh, you know, uh, to see kids start latching on to those characters, because those, those characters have some really great qualities, right? Like Ruby, uh, she is is one of the more intelligent reindeer. She leads a team of scientists. Um, she's the flight engineer. Um, so it, it's, you know to see kids latch on to like those positive role models, albeit they're reindeer. Um, you know, once you start latching on to those, those positive examples, then you start living those positive examples. Right. But it starts with that association early. Wow. Wow. It's um, I mean, it's, it's a Christmas story for yeah. children and yet, like, I'm just, as, as both of you are speaking, I'm just thinking, like, what would have it been like in life having been introduced to those concepts, um, at a younger age? I, I know that there's been, you know, moments where early in my professional career, I was super frustrated with the team forming and storming and norming and everything. Um, because it just seemed like, why are we wasting time? Why are we not getting to work? Whereas now, like, I learned that concept um, going through organizational yeah. leadership. And, um, you know, and it's like, oh, well, no, this is just natural, right? Yeah. This is part of the process. Every time somebody new comes onto the team, those relationships have to, you know, mm -hmm. we have to refactor them and refigure out how we're relating to each other. And it's like, hey, this is... This is the relationships that are important. And yeah. like I, there's something I, I did big circles around it was who's yeah. your favorite character. And I think that's going to be like one of the key things that I want to ask my children because I'm going to get the book. Right. Um, so 
I know it's a little late at night, especially for those who have children we have to tuck in. Um, before we go on to where folks can find out more, I just wanted to mm-hmm. open it up to around the room. Um, so for any questions that Adrian or Katie or anybody in the live audience um, has, um, just curious. It's an open mic, open chat. Show some show some pictures. Can you okay. uh, hold up the book yeah. a little bit? Yeah. So by the way, is... by the way, uh, hats off to uh, to Katie for being thematic and wearing the red winter earmuffs. Oh, they're headphones. I <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's it's so seasonal, Katie. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> All right. So let's see if you guys can see my camera here. So this is this is the opening scene. Um, so it says the, the the time had come. His team was getting old to find new members, ones as equally bright and bold. And what I did, what I what I had Natalia do in this scene is really kind of create this very geriatric setting, right? So like the the reindeer are using uh, walkers. One of them is using a, a large candy cane as a cane. Well, you don't want to get too much into ageism. I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> you got to take into account some of the present company here. And, they're uh, they're 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 very very old reindeer. <laughs> you you are a young buck compared to them. <laughs> um, I'll show you one of uh, one, so one of my favorites. So this is Pirin. So she's the power lifter oh, right nice. here. Um, and she is, she's working out in the North Pole Premier CrossFit Center. Um, so she's, uh, she's crushing it. And then this is Ruby. So this is the, the team of elves that Ruby oversees here. It's like a large chemistry project. Um, one of the really cool things that I will, uh, show you is North Pole University. So right here. Um, and you'll see down here established 1823. Uh, that was a nod to the original story, right? So there's, there's little things throughout the book that I kind of acknowledge the, uh, the original story. So I think that's important to do. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, your illustrator. Yeah. So N- Natalia Sterikova is, um, she's actually a professional illustrator full time. That is her job. Um, she is, uh, incredibly talented. Um, she is she is a, a staff illustrator, so she's actually like held on permanent retainer with the publisher Friesen Press. Um, and so this this book was actually I started working with um, uh, with Friesen last year, and because she was in such high demand, uh, we ended up pushing out the launch of the book to this year. Otherwise, we would have we would have gone live uh, last year with it. So um, she was uh, she has a very unique skill set. It's it's a very whimsical type of illustration. Um, and with children's books, you live and die by the illustrations. I mean, the the very first time I read this story to my kids, um, it was a word document that I had just like printed out and I read it to them. And I was so excited. I'm like, okay, Deacon and Dylan, like daddy's going to read you a story he wrote. And so I read it to them and they, they paid attention the whole time. And I was like, so what did you think? And Deacon says, there's no pictures. <laughs> right. <And> so 
<laughs> at that point, I was like, okay, now I know yeah. what matters to kids. Um, and and but what what was interesting is you know that the books that the the younger kids really latch onto it's those illustrations, right? It's the vibrant colors, the whimsical settings. That's the stuff that they really latch onto. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the illustrator that I want to be available. I I don't just want any illustrator. Um, and, and I'm glad that I waited. So it was kind of a lesson in delayed gratification, for sure. Um, and I and I think it I think it it panned out pretty well. So you you can find a lot of her her other books that she illustrated. They're also available on Amazon. Um, and and some of her stories also have other messages too about like um being proud of who you are and mm. stuff like that. So yeah, it's a it's pretty cool. Yeah, she's very talented. Awesome. It's a good good uh little show and tell there. It makes me I can't wait to get the book in fact. Uh I just wanted to, uh, Adrian, Katie, did you have anything on the top of your mind any questions? Um, before we go into where folks can find the book. Sure. You, first. Um, you suggested characteristics of, of servant leadership, awareness and empathy. Well, our mm-hmm. family celebrates Christmas all year long. What elements of your story can be built all year long? Oh, man. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's like a professional question. Holy cow. Um <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the spot. So I, I think um What what you know, he meant to say was that my questions were not professional at all. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce sends me a Bruce sends me a softball and then we got Katie with like the heat sinker right down the middle. Um so I think, you know, if, if for the for the family members that wanted to celebrate this uh you know story or or use this example as a year-round kind of thing um you've got santa you've got eight different reindeer you've got elves um one of the elves is actually also a coach right piran's coach in the weight room so i think what you could do is you could you know grab grab each one of the reindeer for a different month um and and talk about you know okay Let's take, you know, the, the leadoff character is Rudolph. Um, he is, you know, Rudolph was originally introduced in the story back in the 1950s. I want to say it's like 1940s or 50s. Um, and he was just a, a, a child reindeer that didn't quite fit in, right? Because of his nose. Um, but now he's, now he's old enough and, and he's got some experience under his belt to, um, to kind of lead the team. Um, but I think, from from that year round example, you know, it's it's picking it's picking one of the characters and it's saying, OK, this, you know, Rudolph uh, is is all about experience. So how do you how do you grow your experience It's by trying new things? It's by experiencing the world around you. Um, that's how you get that experience. Right. With Pirin, it she's physically the strongest. Well, how do you become the physically strongest? by working really hard, right? And it's it's getting up early, it's doing it's going to practice. Um uh another there's another character who is uh a very studious character, who's incredibly intelligent and his nose is buried in a book. That's how he's introduced in the story, right? So it, it highlights the importance of academics. 
So I think each each one of the uh, reindeer, given the their their talents and their personality, um, you can pick those as themes for each month. Um, and at, at the very end of the story, I actually did biographies on each of the reindeer, um, which was a super late addition. Uh, when I originally wrote the story, you know, I came up with the names and and um, for very purposeful reasons. And the characters are alive in my brain, but maybe not necessarily to the reader. So in talking with the publisher, they really encouraged me. They said, you know what, let's create a little biography section on the reindeer in terms of like, what are their strengths? Um, why were they recruited to the team? Right. Kind of provide that additional context. And I think so between the characters in the book, I think you could probably land on 10 solid months. And then those last two months, I would encourage I would encourage the kid, your your child or children, if you had to make your own reindeer, what would the strength be for you? Right. Like, what is that? What is that talent that you would bring to the team if Santa needed to recruit an additional reindeer? So um, I think you know, we just developed a website uh, to engage children into this book. So I think you just created that whole concept of the year round, create your own reindeer. I think you've got a, uh, an interactive uh, digital platform being formed to, to help Katie with her deal. By the way, how do we get adopted into Katie's family who celebrates Christmas all year round? That's epic. That's what I wanted. That's awesome. Good for you, Katie. That's like the coolest family ever. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a website. So I will, um, I'll, I'll see if we can put up a section on like how to engage with children and some of the questions that we can, that you can ask your, your kids after reading the story. I think that's a great idea. So we'll add that to the website. Give me, give me through the weekend and we'll, <laughs> we'll get something up on the website. I think that's really cool. Hey, by the way, just that you, you talked about recruitment and that is maybe one of the, in an entrepreneurial business environment, especially, but in every kind of business, whether even NGO, recruitment is really the number one thing. You, to, to recruit people who will help create the right culture for your organization. And this, I mean, that story just lends itself perfectly to that because Santa he wants the right culture, right, for mm-hmm. his organization. And recruitment is, in the real it's world, huge. number one thing. If you can't get recruitment right, it's going to hurt you. And mm-hmm. you have to take the time. You have to be uh, focused, and you have to be intentional about how you recruit. If you don't do that, uh, the rest of it's not going to matter. You, it, it, there, I cannot overemphasize recruitment enough and it sounds like that's a key part of your story which is awesome because that yeah. is a key part of success in any business enterprise or any any enterprise absolutely yeah i mean uh you know what one of the books that we read in the program was good to great right by jim collins and he talks about the importance of recruiting getting the right people on the bus or in this case getting the the right reindeer on the sleigh so um, I think that's, you know, it, it's super important. I think Bruce, I think you nailed it. Um, and, and hopefully, hopefully this story is kind of a, a fun, creative way to, 
to teach your kids about how to recruit, how to associate with the right individuals in life, right? How to find the strengths in others um, and have a, and have a real true appreciation for the differences that others have. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like I, I want to make sure to give Adrian time for the mic here. Uh, he's been waiting patiently before we get too late into the evening. Um, so Adrian, you've got the mic. Fred, first of all, you know, kudos to you for the existential courage to move forward. Uh, you shared a concept with us on the mountain. You sat in discernment. You heard our feedback, our awe, you know, both ours and your colleagues and your family and so much. And But still, taking that leap of faith, it takes tremendous courage. So, you know, kudos to you and your wife uh, for, you know, kind of – Identifying your commitments and how you move forward, recognizing that there's that there will be significant challenges of uh, read writing and to you you name it that that comes in publishing and I and I've been there in other forms. So uh, what's really cool is that you tackle this dimension of demystifying leadership, you know, for our world, um, and you do it by showing that leadership is for everyone, that leadership is learned, you know, through each character that you even touched on, uh, which is pretty neat to see, you know. Um, in conversations with Bruce and others, that leadership is a relationship, you know, and that leadership is more, you know, it certainly captures the whole person, that it's not just a positional dimension or one, let's call it trait of what we, we used to believe about leadership, but it's it's so much about the, the human mind, the body and the spirit. So that is that is so cool. And the way you opened up just your conversation is about legacy. So it's mm-hmm. not that, you know, someone is being replaced, but the importance of legacy and the importance of storytelling and, and the significance of that uh, to the new team, to the new generation um, and what that conveys is, is critical. You know, in, in the same way that, you know, a sequel for your book can be Santa's new remote team, you know, <laughs> given <Right>. our, our <laughs> current context of, of our world, you know, and, and they're trapped in various parts of the world and they can't, you know, they have to Zoom, for instance, and, and still deliver packages and work together. And the chain yeah. supply is just trapped in Long Beach, you know, uh, and on the ocean, you know, so <laughs> how do you make all this happen? You know, so yeah. your creativity, the way you're moving forward with that is, is just beautiful. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it'll be, it's already a gift to us and I can't wait to see how it will be for everyone else. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That is that is just beautiful. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to make sure to switch over so folks who are curious to get the book, I mean, I'm thinking this is something I could actually use with students, not just um, not just children, right? So we actually have a, a few different places where you can get it. Uh, in the yep. chat on the social media, there's also a sponsored link. I want to make sure to point it out. You don't have to use that. Um, but that actually supports Leadership Daily, a small percentage of the Amazon. Um, and there's also Target, though, Barnes & Nobles. It's on uh, digital copies with Kindle and Google Play. And you can yep. get it from the Friesen Press website. Um, if you're looking for those links as well, they're at www.legendarycreations.com. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just want to point that out there. And I mean, Trevor, this was just monumental. I have so much to think about and you captured something 
that you know the future of leadership is so much more than we what we thought it used to be in the past right mm-hmm. relationships the team building the recruitment um teaching everybody the capacity and yeah. i'm just super excited i'm probably going to be reaching out to you plenty of more uh so yeah, we can talk yeah. about leadership um and just on that note, I want to say thank you, everybody, for the live live listeners. We've got folks on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook, uh, so that's fascinating. That's awesome, right? <laughs> right on. <laughs> and uh, we'll make sure to put the link in the chat. And, of course, you can find them at Target or online if you search for it. Santa's New Team by Trevor M.K. Airy. Um so check it out, everybody. And for everybody who joined in on the live session, thank you. Uh, it's always good to talk leadership with you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Kyle. Have a good one. Pleasure. Way to go. Love good you, night, brother. Everybody. Love to you guys. Thanks. Love Bye. you all.